Welcome to the Proudly Imperfect podcast with your host, me, Courtney Wallbank, aka the Grow and Glow Coach, bringing you realness you can relate to, real conversations, real people, and I'm sure there'll be real fuck ups along the way. This is about accepting yourself for the hot, steamy mess you are and embracing your incredible imperfections. Subscribe if you love it, and I hope you like today's episode. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Proudly Imperfect podcast. We are back recording guest episodes again, and after two months, honestly, I don't know why, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm happy that you're here listening again, forever grateful, obviously. Today, we have like a pretty special episode, to be fun- To be honest. We have a special guest on the show. It's going to be really amazing for me to do this episode, because it's kind of like we've come full circle. So the guest on today's episode is the person who my whole coaching journey started with two years ago. She believed in me when I like didn't really believe in myself. I'd done a lot of work like up until the point I started coaching, but this was like a whole new level when I started my coaching. And I, I just, I remember one like session we had and I'll, I'll touch on it later and it always sticks in my mind but she believed in me when I didn't really believe in myself and for that I'm so so grateful she is incredible at what she does and she was like pivotal to me seeing what I was capable of so I promise you you're gonna get a lot out of this episode she is a woman's coach and also a facilitator for the one of the biggest and best coaching schools in the world please welcome bonnie please tell me if i'm saying this incorrectly is it bonnie boulder or boyder boyder there you yeah. go what a name oh courtney thank you so much what an introduction i am beyond excited to be here because like you said it's such a full circle moment where i got to see the very start of your journey I've got to see kind of everything over the past two years, whether through social media and I got you on for an interview uh, for something I was doing, which was really exciting. And now yeah. I'm here with you. So I can't even express my excitement. It's going to be so much fun to do this today. I know. It's so weird. Honestly, like I was just saying off camera that it is literally like my whole journey started with you. And it just seems a bit weird. Like two years later, I'm like, having you on the podcast so much has happened for both of us so oh, I'm excited my. to get stuck in well first of all what are you up to at the minute because like last time you weren't living in the UK like last time I kind of spoke to you I'm sure you was like was you in Bali living in Bali and now you're in the UK yeah so I was living in Bali I am back in London at the moment so originally from Canada and I don't even remember the last time I lived in Canada <laughs> I'm always somewhere else, always off exploring. Um, But yeah, so at the moment I'm back in London, basically just figuring out my next steps. I'm looking at going back to Bali in October. I thought I was going to come with a beautiful London summer (laughs) and it's been a bit rainy. Stop stop pissing it down. (laughs) That's the UK for you. We had some sun today. So that was good. But yeah, just doing some work with my one-to-one clients. And Mm. that, I mean, is part of the best thing about what I do is I can literally do it from anywhere in the world. So I can do it from London. I can do it from Bali. I can do it from Canada. I can do it from anywhere. So And have you been to the UK before? Is this the first time you've lived there or have you lived there before? So I lived there for three years before I moved to Bali. 
And mm-hmm. I was basically, it was a place that's really easy for me to get a visa being right. Canadian because I could just do yeah. two year working holiday really easily. And I had done so much traveling before that. I had just come out of Australia, spent some time in Bali for the first time. I then was doing some stuff in America, went back to Canada, did Europe, back to Canada. And I was like, I just need to stay somewhere for a long time. So I moved to London and then the pandemic happened like three three months later, sorry. So then I was just uh, a bit stuck there. Also, have you you been... been there since not you've not been there since COVID have you though you've you've yeah, lived in I was, oh, here, have you? I was here in COVID yeah yeah and then I stayed stayed throughout because it was basically I had to decide whether I was gonna stay yeah. out in London go back to Canada and I was like well do you know what here I've got a place all set up there I would have had mm. to go move back in with family yeah and, you know, nobody wants that so I stick, <laughs> stuck it out but it was quite cool because I got to see London in a way that you never see it so yeah a lot you know, quieter <laughs> London normally and it's just like people everywhere and this would be you'd be walking down Oxford Street just deserted so yeah it was cool it's a very unique experience and I want to start off with your story right because I don't even think I know this so I always feel people who coach or people who live that kind of freedom lifestyle have had a kind of lying in the sand moment where they're like fuck this <laughs> like <laughs> I'm doing something for myself what what was it that led you to this point to helping women and to living the life that you do I mean I think it's just a little bit of everything pieces together doesn't it I'm such mm-hmm. a big believer that every little piece of the puzzle comes together to make you who you are and when I first got into coaching, I didn't even know what coaching was. So I began, I became a coach, sorry, back in 2018. Yep. Back in 2018 was when I started my coaching journey and I didn't know what it was, but basically <laughs> all, all I knew was I wanted something that was going to be like health related, fitness related. That had always been a really big passion of mine. But what kind of sprung from it all was I had a, my parents had a really bad divorce. <laughs> it was a right. really, really, really awful divorce. Um, And basically their whole process inspired me to not want to be back home <laughs> in Canada. So I was like, I don't right. care what I do as long as I don't have to be back there. You know, I just want to explore the world and get away from that situation And so in order for me to do that, that kind of forced me out of the country at quite a young age. So I went traveling for the first time uh, at 17. I went to Australia for three months. Oh my God. That is, that's young though, especially from Canada. Like that's far and young. (laughs) Across the world. I was like, get me out of here. So you always had balls then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. But to me, it was just like, I think it's funny because I talked to so many people are like, wow, that's so brave of you to have been able to do that at such a young age. But mm. for me, it was just like, I just don't want to be Get here. Me the fuck out of it. Yeah. Or something else. My best friend had moved across over to Australia as well, straight after high school. So I was like, I'm going to go visit her and I'm just going to see what else is out there, right? Live a different life. And that just basically sparked this thing inside of me where every mm-hmm. time I left Canada, I was like, 
this is incredible. I'm meeting all these new people and having these experiences and learning so much about life. And I think that's such a big thing with coaching is it just opens your mind up to a whole different world. And that's the same with traveling. Traveling just opens your mind from being in this one place. To that, yeah. Like the world opens up for you. And I think with, with traveling, that was the first time I was like, oh, I don't need to stay in an office job. I don't need to live this life that is set out for me where I'm supposed to go to university and get a job and mm. get married and have kids and do all these things. It was like, no, this guy is, you know, 40 and he's teaching scuba diving. This guy over <laughs> here is like 50 and parachuting, you know, you just met the coolest people. And I was like, that is what life should be like. Why do we need to kind of structure in a way that's the way it is and I think I had an office experience so after that first traveling time I did end up going back to Canada because I was like okay I'm gonna get my degree you know I mm. feel like in Canada it's very much university is something that you must do, must do. like I'm gonna do it so started on that path but I picked my degree <laughs> in part I picked it really last minute I think the deadline for applications was August and I applied like a week before before what, and you actually picked the su subjects a week before oh yeah yeah I had I didn't look into it at all I didn't know if I was going to go to university that year <sighs> I didn't know anything and basically I I started looking at topics and I found communications I didn't really even know what it was at the time I was like well I can communicate I like talking with people <laughs> people focused and I saw that it had, it had a really large intercultural requirement. So that meant that I could either study courses about different cultures or I could right. go abroad. So it allowed me to study abroad for a year and a half. And I was like, right. there it is. This is the one. <laughs> Get me out of the country. So yeah, basically picked that and then started again, engaging with traveling more and more. And it again, got me out of the country more and more, which just shit just hit the fan when for doing that thing their the divorce honestly Courtney was like an eight-year process it took eight years I think for the divorce to be finalized which is a really long eight time and, you know yeah so, and how if you was if you was a bit older as well because I trust me I've been there it's like yeah I used to say I wish it happened when I was younger and I didn't know the ins and outs because when you're older you're more aware of everything aren't you yeah and that was the thing and for for that situation I just got put in the middle of everything mm. where you know I was just made to feel like it was my fault and yeah. the the events that transpired since then have just been really damaging because now I don't have a relationship with my father and I was yeah. really close with my father and you know it caused my mom to have two suicide attempts yeah. so it was do you, really think, do you think that was a driver in terms of like helping people as well because of the pain that you Definitely. I mean, I always was always like, I don't want people to feel that pain, you know, definitely <laughs> recovering people pleaser. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want people to go through anything and cause anything. And so I think for me, that was probably definitely part of it. But I think too, so throughout my travels, basically, at one point, I ended up in the UK. Uh, this was a different time. <laughs> it's confusing. But yeah, I ended up in the UK. And I was really just thinking about what is it that I can do that other people can't. And one of the things what people 
we already always joke that my life was I don't know if you know the the show the OC have you ever heard of that I've heard of it I've never watched it I've heard of it it's like a drama it's basically like kind of a soap opera drama teen show where it's like every every week someone's life like something's crazy is going on and someone dies and then they're this and they're this and they're like and we would joke that that was my life I was like my life is an episode of the OC and the way that I was able to handle it was actually quite I think good for the most part obviously there are things that you know I could have done differently and better but for the most part I stayed with a really good perspective about everything that had happened and you know I didn't go off and do a bunch of drugs or do anything crazy Mm. I really like okay (laughs) I need to now be the one that is you know trying to be the adult here in this situation and one of the suicide attempts that my mom had had she had slit her wrist in a courthouse which then made it a concealed weapon in court offense so she ended up going to jail for a year and so then I was trying to figure out that whole situation and oh my goodness that was me living on my own and trying to do bills and trying to take care of her life and dealing with you know being a bit angry that all of this stuff was happening you know, it's a lot. And I think when did that happen? I think I was about, oh gosh, I can't remember now. It would have been 19 or 20 probably that that was all going on. But you're like a young kid still. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my I'm God. Yeah. Sorry. You think like age... in your head when you're that age, you think like you're older, but when you, when you get a bit older and you look back, you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Still a baby. Yeah. And that's the thing. When I was that age, I was like, I know what I'm doing, I can do this. I'm an adult. And mm-hmm. I look back and I was like, I did not know anything. <laughs> like, oh, I did not know the world at all. Like I was still a child. And in some ways, I definitely acted like a child, but then I had to, you know, really deal with this new life that was kind of put forward to me and deal with mm. all of these different things that I never would have expected I would have had to deal with. And I remember having to speak to, it was like a mandatory psychologist to speak just to make sure that I was okay. And, that you, yeah. and, uh, and they were like, wow, you've got a really good head on your shoulders for all of these things. You know, we've talked to people that have gone through a lot less and it, you know, spiraled and things like mm. this. And not that I think there's no comparison at all, but that's something that's always really interested in, interested me. So even I ended up doing my master's last year and I did it on resiliency and personality because I'm just so intrigued. What is that factor that causes some people to spiral and causes yeah. some people to be resilient? Because it's that- and What did you find? So I did it on the- Oh my gosh. I'm not even going to remember that. <laughs> it was so much of my life and now I just blocked out. Um, <laughs> it, there was a personality difference that I did find. I'm trying to remember the model I used for it. Um, but yeah, it was basically confirmed that there is certain traits in our personality yeah. that will make people be able to be more resilient or less resilient. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a topic that's always fascinated me. I think I... It would have been cool if I could have gone like really in depth with it, but I kind of did the masters and I was like, right, yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm done, done. with education now. It's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know if I've, <laughs> I've kind of veered away from the original. No, question. no, you haven't. No, you you haven't. haven't. So but... you, oh, I think I can hear myself. No, okay, it's gone now. Um. So what at what point was it so when you was traveling and stuff at what point was it so you you realized that you had that like this resiliency to all these things which obviously is 
something to be aware of and you're like oh shit like I can actually help people build that themselves because I think it is something that can be built as well even if you're not born with that resiliency so was it was there a moment where you was like okay I like to travel I don't want to fucking go back home and I'm good at this put them together I don't want to work in an office job yeah that was the thing as well right I did So I basically, I finished, I'll do the very quick version, but I finished university and from university, I ended up just getting an office job and the office job is obviously not what I expected at all. I was like, how can people live their whole lives doing this? This is, you know, not (laughs) glitz and glam at all. And I feel like on TV, they kind of glitz it up, don't they? Yeah, like like, got the job and I wear heels and... (laughs) No, I was like, this is so dull. If I have to come in and do the same thing every single day for the rest of my life, I'm just not gonna be able to do it. Like, I don't know how people do it. So that was a driver in itself. And from that job, I basically decided, didn't know what I was gonna do, but I was gonna save up a bunch of money just to be able to quit and go explore the world. And I was gonna figure it out on that journey of doing it there. So I worked that okay. job eight four. I got a serving job that I worked five to like midnight. And I just saved up a bunch of money. So I saved up around 40 grand, which is a down payment on a house. And I took that yeah. money and I was like, <laughs> off we go. Let's go exploring. <laughs> and I was going to do this huge world tour where it was Europe to Africa to Asia down to Australia. And I ended up doing Europe to Africa. And then from Africa, I ended up going to the UK because I uh, <laughs> I met someone and I was like, yes, spontaneous journey. Let's do this. But when I was in the UK there, that was where I had this kind of this light of I need to figure out what I can do better than a lot of other people. And that was that resiliency and that was that Mm. positivity. And that was, you know, being bubbly and happy and being like, it's all going to be okay. Like, you know, if you're lost in your situation, if you're feeling down right now, you don't have to stick in it. And we're all going to have down days. We're all going to have bad days. But if I have like more than three bad days, I'm like, okay, right. We need to fix this. I need to get mm. out of the house. I exercise. I need to look at the foods I'm eating because all of those things can affect us so much. And I've done just a lot of research on myself and on my body through different periods and phases of my life. And it's like, if you're heavily eating a lot of sugar, my mindset will be a lot worse too. Yeah. So all these things end up being connected. But I thought, okay. So what am I going to do with this? I, I I have this resiliency. I have this positivity, you know, <laughs> something in health and wellness. And I ended up working in a fitness studio for a bit. And it, the, uh, I feel like so we're... many people start, like so many people's coaching journeys start off with like physical and fitness first. Like I remember yeah. I did like a 12 week challenge and it's the first thing I've ever done that like is self-improvement, let's say. And I, I reckon still to this day that that planted the little seed of, oh, I can actually like do something to change. It was it was very very like before any of my mindset work and any and like before I went on that inner journey. But it was a seed of like oh shit like I can actually. It was it was the fact that I stuck to something as well, stuck yeah. to a change in myself. I think that planted the seed. But so many guests and so many people I spoke to like start off with fitness first kind of thing. Yeah. And it's because it's an easy thing for us to control because we can physically mm. see the results yeah. quite quickly. Mindset it can be a lot harder to see the results. But if you're, you know, staying on top of this plan and you're feeling better and you're getting those endorphins and then you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, these results mm. aren't too bad either. It's just, 
yeah. So I think it, it's really natural that a lot of us, especially, you know, people in personal development, personal development, it's just that starting place. Cause you're like, what can I do to feel better? And automatically mm-hmm. it's like health, fitness, yeah. well-being. But that was the piece that was missing for a lot of us. And for me at the beginning was the mindset piece. Cause I was yeah. like, right. It's all about fitness and nutrition. We're actually, no, it's about fitness, nutrition, and mindset. And when I put those mm-hmm. three pieces together, that was this huge explosion for me. Cause I was like, mindset is the missing piece it's the missing piece (laughs) to everything if your diet is good and if you are working out but your mindset is crap like you're not going to lose the weight you're going to fall back you're not going to be able to maintain yeah you may lose some weight or look better for six weeks or eight weeks you'll feel better yeah you know it's it it may backfire again I was like mindset is this key (laughs) to everything Mm -hmm. and that's basically where I went on a huge mindset journey I think I ended up googling how can I help people with their mindset or like how can I help people be more positive and that was my search because I didn't know what coaching was and that's actually where (laughs) I found coaching and it so I found stuff on life coaching I found stuff on NLP I found stuff on health coaching and I started going through the health coach journey because that's again where I was really passionate at the time was that fitness and that's that's how it all started which is super cool and then oh gosh five years later now what we got 2018 19 20 21 22 23 five six years later oh my wow mental it's it's mad though because I absolutely agree with the mindset thing because when I did that challenge I was probably in the best shape I've ever been in and when I think back now I was probably the most least confident because I didn't see what everybody else saw. Like I was getting the compliments and everything, but I still just didn't believe in myself. I thought I was discussing all of that stuff. Like, but I was looking back literally in the best shape, but just goes to showing that you can change everything on your outside. But if you're missing that piece, then it's, you're you're not going to perceive yourself in the way you want to perceive yourself. So I wanted to talk about self-doubt, right? Before we get on, to because I definitely want to talk about life in your 30s because I am actually turning 29 in a couple of weeks. So last year, my 20s, which I'm actually excited about. Yeah, like I'm going to get into that a bit later on. But self-doubt, right? So, so many women obviously doubt themselves and their capabilities. And I wanted to talk about, do you remember the session that we had the group call that we had and I was starting to get clients and and you was like how much are you charging I was like $60 and you pulled me up for six weeks and you pulled me up and you basically give me this little like coaching session like in front of everyone and you was like why aren't you charging more and I was like oh (laughs) I crumbled and I was like please don't make me charge more and I, even though I'd done all this, like such a like work, like intense period of work on myself during lockdown, which led to kind of me joining the coaching masters. Um, when I look back now, I didn't really believe in myself that much when I first started the coaching masters and like the, the self-doubt that I had even throughout that journey and like, looking back at it's just so strange like six sixty dollars is fucking madness like if someone said to me now I'm gonna charge sixty dollars I'd be I'd be like why are you charging sixty dollars but you you have a knack for 
obviously allowing people to see what they're actually capable of. So in terms of the women that you coach, right, what are the most, how can I word this? What are the most common patterns of self-doubt you see? Is it like doubting the self as a whole? Because I feel like in that session back then, I didn't doubt myself as a whole because I'd been on, been on such a journey and I did love myself and I did know I was enough. I just doubted my capabilities as a coach, right? So what do you see most of? Would you say it's women doubting themselves as a whole or it's that they don't believe that they can achieve what they want to achieve in terms of capabilities? I think probably definitely the second one is the one that I see most because that is so common. And let me highlight, like, this is common for men. This is common for women. Mm. I have yet to coach a client ever who has not dealt with self-doubt and I've now done over 500 hours you know of coaching people so it's like it is common (laughs) self-doubt is common and not even only that it's human it's human nature it's human Mm. to doubt ourselves but I would say for the most part unless you have someone that has gone through a lot of trauma a really difficult time you know and has really no self-belief in themselves at all, the majority fall into the category of just doubting that capabilities because, and I'm sure that this can resonate, a lot of us, you know, again, we may feel really confident in something, but then it's just that thing that we really want that we just don't know how to get there because all of a sudden Mm. it's new, right? If something is new, then it's scary. And our inner critic is going, you can't do this. What are you doing? And there's so much fear of judgment from other people, because as soon as you step out of that box, as soon as you self, you know, step out of that plan of, okay, I'm going to go to university and I'm going to get the job and I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. As soon as you step away from that, all of a sudden you open yourself to judgment from other people. And so Mm. that's really scary as well. So you have this hanging over your head. And those potential voices, and then, of course, that's going to affect your inner self as well, especially when it's something new, like building a business. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in there that we are never taught in school. Mm. You are never taught how to build a business. You are taught how to be an employee. So all of a sudden, it's just all this newness coming at you. And so the self-doubt is normal. Anytime you want to go a level up, I'd say it comes back. I still experience self-doubt, you know? That was going to be my next question. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course. Anytime that I want to go higher than I already am, anytime I want to reach the next level, I do a ton of mindset work because if I don't, there are going to be days where I'm down and I don't feel good enough. And, you know, I'm like, who am I to think that I can Mm. make this next dollar amount? Or who am I to think that I can live this lifestyle? Or, you know, what happens with this and this? It's so normal. But it's just taking out all of those weeds and reminding yourself, I've done this so far. I've had this much success so far. (laughs) Of course I can do it. Of course I can do more. But the mindset work is continuous. It's a continuous journey. It's like self-love. It's like mindfulness. It's Mm. like yoga. All of these are practices because we need to work on them every single day 
Because if we don't, then we can risk having the opposite effect of having it, you know, the negative effects or negative emotions and beliefs and everything come in. Definitely. And I think like, I'm going to be honest over, I don't, I think that's why I was a bit nervous just because I've, I've over the last, I'd say two weeks, you know, when you just can feel the little voices creeping in, like of, I don't even know. It's been at first, it's just like, oh, I'm I'm genuinely my energy is so low. And when my energy is low, that's when I kind of start to to get those little self-doubt yeah. niggles. And another thing as well is when you when you feel that coming in, I think it's so important to pause rather than think I need to do more because that is something that I have been definitely been working on. And like I, I this this year has been such an up level for me. Like it's actually I think part of me is as obviously because I'm not used to it, it's not my norm. My body and my subconscious is just like, what the fuck? There's so much going on. There's so much newness that we're getting obviously halfway through the year now or just over it's it's kind of like taking its toll on me like energy wise a little bit and the 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 voices have started to creep in a little bit over the last two weeks and I think it's so important to listen to what your body needs in those moments rather than being like right all the time I've got self-doubt and I need to do all of this mindset work and I need to take more action and I need to do this over the past two days I've literally but like anytime I've felt those voices come in I've been like right what does my body need? So I went to get my hair done the other day and I found myself like rushing past the beach. Like I've got to get home and get X, Y, Z done. and I've got to do this. And I was just like, whoa, like, what do I want to do? And then like listening to that intuition and my voice was like, right, go on for a walk on the sand, take your shoes and socks off and feel the sand in between your toes. And as I, like my, that voice said that and my other voice was literally like, no, you can't, you got to get home and you got to get this done. And I was like, oh my goodness, like just breathe and pause. And then yesterday I sat down to do my to-do list and I was so tired. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a nap. I'm going to just put everything to the side a minute. I'm going to go and I'm going to have a nap. And I'm slowly kind of, bringing myself up back to the energy like I feel I need to put my I mean it's not even always about I feel doing a hundred percent sometimes you can give you best at eight Ted you know what I mean but like getting yeah. up to that point where you can come back and actually give give it something that you're doing I think sometimes you've got to lean back in order to move forwards and 100%. yeah and when your self-doubt is coming through when your energy level like when do you find it's more it's most do you think it's when your energy levels so you said when you're up leveling you normally get it would you say like when your energy levels are low as well definitely definitely that and that's the thing everything is so connected so energy is connected Mm. whether you've you know been active is going to affect it whether you have eaten good foods whether you've Mm. drinking alcohol the older I get, Courtney, the more alcohol, honestly, it has such an impact on my mind. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't, um, I've had, I've, I think I've drank twice this year. I'm not drinking at the yeah. minute. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause it, it you can, I can have two drinks and the next day, I'm just not going to feel as yeah. good about myself. 
it's it's just one of those things and same with sugars like I went through a period I mean a few years back now where I just I got myself like a sugar almost addiction like I just I think I had cut it out for so long because I had been really really healthy and then when I started eating sugars again I think my body just like latched onto it and I just felt so low every time I would eat that sugar and I would have these thoughts that I'd never thought to myself before until I started eating that much sugar. So I did a bunch of research on it. And it honestly, there is a, there is a link between sugar and depression and negative thoughts and all these things, because it's not good for us. It has a really bad impact on our body. So, you know, I do still eat sugar. I do still have, you know, the occasional drinks, but I really try and monitor that stuff because I know that if I do those things, Mm. I'm going to be low. I'm going to have more self-doubts that come in and it's just, it's just going to affect me. If it's like a whole spiral, if I eat foods, I'm not going to want to work out later, which is then going to make me feel even lower, you know? So it's just like this kind of, what is it? Like a spiral, a little feedback loop where all of a sudden one thing comes after the other, and then you get yourself into a bit of a little hole. Yeah, but I agree. I'd, I'd say that's what how I feel right now. I'm in a little bit of not now. I'd say I'm I'm slowly like shuffling out of the hole. But over the yeah. past two weeks, you know, when you just like you, it's hard to quieten the noise. But then I've I've realized, like I said, like doing less sometimes is doing more. But oh, 100 percent. But that's where again, like if I'm feeling low energy, I. I'm not going to want to go for a workout, but Mm. nine times out of 10, if I bring myself to do a workout and normally if I'm feeling low, it doesn't have to be anything big. It could go be a yoga class, anything. I'm going to feel so much better after I get out of that yoga class because I gave myself the time to do that. than if I, you know, had told myself I'm too busy, I need to do work. I need to do this. That's why mindfulness is so good. That's why you know, if you are feeling really stressed out, even just taking five minutes, do a breathing exercise, mm. you know, take that time for yourself. You're going to feel so much better. Take the nap, right? Listen to your <laughs> yes. body. If you need the nap, take the nap. There's no harm that's going to come from it. <clears throat> and I think that there's just, you know, we need to figure out the middle ground of, okay, what does my body need? But like I said, if it needs more than more than a week more than a few days I would say like my place is like three days if I've been really like not wanting to leave bed staying at home not Mm. really going out for three days I'm like okay no I need to I need to go and start doing this again to get yourself out of it because otherwise the more time you spend at home relaxing Mm. the more time you stay on that couch it just makes you so much more lethargic doesn't it it like traps you almost so you need to make sure that you're still going out and just even just being in nature it doesn't have to be yeah. crazy I think it's to having those yeah it's having those non-negotiables in it like even though I've not felt great and that's I think that's the main difference between how I used to be and how like a lot of clients come to me and probably you is they they feel this self-doubt and they feel these like moments and they don't feel like they have any like saying it, they they feel like they have no control or they have no response. They can't do anything about it. And the main difference now is like, even when, cause you're not gonna, I don't believe that you fully always get rid of self-doubt and you fully always get rid of 
those you will not. seasons in life. Yeah. Like you're going <laughs> to, so I need to say something on this really quick. Cause on. I have honestly, I've coached CEOs of companies, like <laughs> whether it be male and females, I've coached CEOs and they have self doubt, you know, yeah. it is so normal. I speak to people that are really successful at the thing that they do. They have self doubt. They question whether they've made the right decision. They question whether they should still be running the business. You know how many CEOs I speak to that, that are like, I just want to give it all up and leave the country and go travel. <laughs> like it's such a thing. It honestly is, but <laughs> It, you know, we just, it's just that thing of everyone is going to experience self-doubt yeah. and we need to know that it's normal. It's not never going to go away, but we just need to exactly like what you have said, know how to be know able to, to deal do. with it. Yeah. And respond a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think knowing that you have that power m- makes those moments a little more bearable. Well, a lot more bearable because you don't feel like I'm saying, yeah, I feel a little bit stuck, I feel a bit lost, but I don't really because stuck means you don't you don't know what to do. Whereas I know what, and I know I'm kind of doing the things. So when you know that when you're in these, let's say seasons of life where, or phases where it's just the voices are creeping in, the self-doubt, it's like, right, what non-negotiables do I have that are going to make me feel better? And I noticed something the other day and it's even knowing that, and I think this is one of the most, beautiful realizations I've ever had right even when you're not feeling not so joyful you can look outside and there's so much fucking joy around you and like seeing that makes those moments of self-doubt like a little like a lot more better because even though you're not feeling great you can look outside and be like right I know this isn't permanent look at how much joy is like out there and it's only going to be a matter of time before I feel it like inside again. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's powerful as fuck. And I think just even expressing it, you know, just even mm. you admitting that now, you being able to talk to a friend about it, a partner about it, write it down in a journal mm-hmm. and just say how you're feeling. Because, you know, I may look cool, calm and collected on the outside. I'm a very <laughs> emotional being. And it's like when I'm when I'm feeling crappy, I need to express it. And, you know, mm. I'll talk to my partner and I'll be like, babe, I just feel so low. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I feel so lost. And it's, you know, he gives me a little cuddle and it may not make everything better, but in that moment, at least it's just feeling heard and mm. accepting it. But I think there's a very key point And it's something that you mentioned as well, is that my lost is, you know, I'm still taking those action steps every day. You know, not all the answers may be there, but I still have that thing that I am working towards. Where you are feeling really lost and you don't know what you want, you need to put the effort in to try and figure that out. Because I do work with a lot of people that battle with, you know, not knowing their their path in life, not knowing the job that they want to do. And they just want to sit there and complain about it over and over and over again without having to sit down and actually figure out, okay, what is something that I can do differently? Because if you're going to do the same thing over and over again, you're, you're not going to get result. a different result, yeah. right? But you need to be the one that sits down, puts the action in to go, what can I do that is going to be different? If I don't like what I am doing right now, what can I do differently? What's one thing I can add into my life? If I can't change my job right now, what's something I can do outside of my job just to bring myself a little bit more joy, a little bit more, Mm. you know, love and grace and anything, because we all have control over something. 
no matter, you know, if someone thinks that they don't, we can all control at least one thing in our life for sure. Whether it's changing something on our job, whether it's changing something at home, whether it's changing something, you know, with your family, your friends, whatever it is, you can change at least one thing that can make your life that 1% better. And it's just knowing that and being able to take those action steps to get yourself out of those situations because change is in your control. You could quit your job tomorrow. Yeah. And it's it's knowing that you, even when you feel like you don't have a choice, you actually do have a choice. Like you might not like all of the options, but when you realize that you're not trapped in a situation that you're in and you actually, you know, you do have a choice in what you do and shifting your focus towards things that, you can change as well is gonna make you feel a little less like you're in a cage kind of thing yeah exactly that and it's just allowing yourself to know down days are gonna happen doubt's gonna Mm -hmm. happen those things are gonna happen but are you gonna waste weeks months years of your life being stuck in the same cycle or are you just gonna let this be one season and you're going to be actively working to get yourself out of it to move forward. Love that. I was gonna, my next question was actually gonna be like top kind of, let's say things to focus on, top three things to focus on if you are experiencing self-doubt at the moment. But I think you've kind of just answered that question, kind of. Do you wanna like round it up? If someone is listening to this and they're like self-doubting thoughts are kind of overpowering. What would you I say would the say, first couple of things? Let me see. So one, I would say voice it, right? Get it out. If you're feeling mm-hmm. crappy, voice it to someone or yep. write it down. I think that's really, really key just because it allows you to feel out the emotions, which is important because anything inside of us is something that wants to be heard. So mm-hmm. anytime that I am feeling self-doubt, whether it's because of something physical, so maybe I've eaten crap of, crappy foods, I've drank, whatever it is, I can tackle that. I can go, okay, this isn't me. This is, you know, the junk that I've maybe put in my body making me not feel so good. And then if it's because you are looking to up level because I've got some, you know, big clients that I'm going to be working with or I've got someone that, I, you know, it's a bit intimidating for me and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I look at that and I have to go, okay, why am I feeling like this? Oh, it's because I think that this person is this big deal. But Mm. no offense, a lot of the CEOs, and I mean this with so much love, they're no different than you and I. At (laughs) at the end of it all, we put these people on on, uh, pedestals, pedestals, whether it's CEOs or celebrities or, you know, anyone, these people are just people. So we need to strip that back. And, you know, what makes them so much different than you? What makes them so much different from from myself? So it's just just analyzing that and seeing, am I in an unsafe situation? Because a lot of those two a lot of self-doubts come from us feeling unsafe mm. in some way. So am I unsafe? No, actually I'm not. And then you just tell your brain to F off a little bit too. Don't be afraid <laughs> to do that. You know, I have <laughs> conversations with my brain where I'm like, guys, no, this isn't right. Like we've got this. It's fine. It's fine. And whether you have an actual conversation like that as well, you know, is going to, is going to be able to cheer you up. And then I think, I don't know if that's step three or four, but last one, definitely <laughs> Just make sure you're taking the steps to change it. So change where you're at. If you need to spend a day in bed, take it. But then the mm-hmm. next day, make yourself get up and go to the gym. Make yourself get up and go to a coffee shop around the block. Just make yourself leave and do something because that is where you're going to start to see those 
changes is by putting yourself in a new situation and taking action steps that are going to get you out of your current circumstance that you don't just sit there staying stuck. Love that. There is. So there is. I I am turning 29 next month. A lot of my friends around me are either turning 30 or are already 30, right? Why do you think, I feel like I'm the only person who is genuinely excited. (laughs) Everybody else is just like shitting it or just like like in a mood about it. Why do you think so many women fear or kind of just are really, not angry, but pissed off about turning 30? Why do you think that is? Society, number (laughs) one thing. Society, because we've been brainwashed (laughs) to believe that it's not a good thing, that we've been brainwashed to believe that it's a shitty thing. I mean, you even look at TV shows right? I mm. uh, One that's really clear in my mind is Friends. And I remember every time someone turned 30 in Friends, it was a it was a big deal. Nobody wanted to talk about it. It wasn't a good thing. You know, Monica got too drunk. Rachel cried mm. in her room all day. Joey didn't even want them to mention the number. Whatever mm. it was, they, they didn't want to turn 30. So all of a sudden, we have all of these things projected on us of turning 30 is not good. If we look at a lot of fashion and models and these things a lot of those models are 18 years old and Mm. we compare ourselves to these 18 year olds who one probably don't have any wrinkles to begin with and if they do have a little fine line it's then you know a race to smithereens (laughs) and so we are just trained to believe that you know it's more of a woman thing than a man thing because in in a saying like men grow older with grace or some like there's a saying yeah, something like an age like fine wine yeah and yeah mm-hmm. women and that's oh. it it's all like oh men age because men men are protectors as they age they get you know sexier because it's like mm. this man he looks after us and masculine energy and all of these things the feminine you know we start to as society shows like lose our sex appeal which I think is just absolute bull as well because we get hornier as we age as well so like (laughs) your libido and everything raises as you age but yeah it's just it's just it's such a shame because I think there's actually so much beauty in turning 30 and I really Mm -hmm. want this to be something that's celebrated because I can do so much now that I couldn't do in my 20s right I have Mm -hmm. more money to be able to live the life I want I mean I was traveling when I was young but it was like oh I've got two euros yeah my one sandwich and I'm gonna eat (laughs) one half for breakfast and one half for dinner like it was that kind of lifestyle grateful for the experience but now I'll take my you know five-star hotels and (laughs) and things like that (laughs) so I mean it's so exciting to be able to 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 age and I think we've got so much wisdom as we start to age as well and yeah I think there's so much pressure on us then to start to be married and have kids so I turned 30 in February and like you I was excited about it I was like this is my time this yeah, is my that year. is how I, I feel get better and better <laughs> and better and I think that's the attitude that we really need to start to embrace it with because where yeah. a lot of people feel their life ends when they're 30 yeah. like no lady I just think in so your 20s as well after it in your 20s like I don't know about you but I 
it was yeah like I was the same as you I traveled a lot like um Asia Europe obviously came to Australia but I was still like I still I was still a kid up until like I'd say two or three years ago like I just didn't know who I was or what I wanted really and even mm-hmm. like going into your 30s, no one actually really knows what the fuck they're doing. They're just like doing their best. Oh. <laughs> Do you know Are you mean? kidding? Look at our parents. None of them like know <laughs> yeah. what they're doing and they're, you know, no, no one knows what they're doing. No one, even until the end of life. No one yeah. knows what they're doing. Just figuring out. I think that's is exciting though, like isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's just so like, let's, let's figure it out. But that's why, that's why I think it's so important that we, we can't just live on this one path plan, mm. right? Because how many of your friends, I know I can think of quite a few of my friends, but how many of your friends as well, they thought that they were going to be married by the time they were 30. They thought oh they were going to have two kids by the time they yeah. were 30. And if they don't have those things, they're in panic mode. They're like, yeah. where did I go wrong? I failed, mm. you know. And it's funny because especially like clients I've spoke to who were turning 30, 30 they're like, I don't even, I know that I don't want those things yet, but I'm panicking about it. And I'm like, well, yeah, because we've been conditioned to believe that if we don't have those things, and obviously some people around us have those things. So then it's like, right, okay. Especially clients who live out here and went home to visit. It's like Mm. they started to panic when they went home and was like, oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And it's like, no. And should, as soon as you say should, as soon as you say should, that is a condition that is a social construction of I should do something that is that that is exactly what that is yeah so it's not your own belief it's not how you feel like you should be living your life that is society's definition a hundred percent and do you think that it's partly society and well I suppose it's this is still society as well but people fearing running out of time yeah do you know what I mean? Like... It's, be- it's because we are, yeah, exactly like it is because that is what society has portrayed to us. I mean, you mm. think about it. And if we think that we're supposed to have two kids and be married by the time we're 30, you know, people are living till 80s, 90s nowadays. So you still have over half your life like yeah. half your life would be 60 and there's so much time left after that to be able to do those things and I think something that's really beautiful about our generation is that we do have the option now where it's becoming more and more common for people to have kids later in life yeah. which I think is actually a really good thing because guess what if I had kids when I was 20s you know no. I was a complete, I was still a child. I was still young. How yeah. could I have responsibility for another human? And I, I even still think that have... now, like yeah. I, I, I'm only just about <laughs> sussing out how to look after myself. Only just like to have another human, like fair play to anyone who has kids. Like, yes, you because... guys are strong. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. you guys are strong. But I think until you're really, really ready. And I've mm. seen the difference in someone who is really excited to be parents Mm. and like that kid is so loved versus you know some people that may not be so ready and there there could be some issues and things there and you know they're all parenting is beautiful all parenting is lovely but (laughs) 
Yeah, I just think I think kids are the hardest thing that you will ever have to do in your life. Ever. Do you think be the that? Most... Yeah. Doing this work and like being so aware and stuff does that scare you about having kids? Oh, definitely, definitely. Because I know for me, it is that fact of I fully know for myself right now that I am way too selfish to have a kid. Right. Mm. I want to be Same. selfish in my life. I want to be able to travel wherever I want. I want to be able to do these things. Like, I don't want to bring someone into that right now. So that yeah. that does make me selfish. But I know that when I do have a kid, I want that kid to be a huge priority, obviously. Yeah. So I want to do things that are then in their best interest. And I'm just not at that point right now. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it terrifies You get the questions me. from family or whoever, like, oh, when you're having kids, is, is a baby on the way? Like, do you ever get I think questions? I'm actually lucky in this aspect because okay. I think, where I think now I'm just the crazy girl that moved abroad and <laughs> you know I'm, I'm already deemed that you don't title. even bother asking the, anymore <laughs> the fact that I don't have kids is just not a surprise I think people ask you know my mom asked do you want them eventually and I'm like yeah. oh yeah I would say I, I'll I'll try one and see how it goes <laughs> you know I don't want to make it one goes um but I've also been blessed I've got a brother and a sister who both have two kids and oh, right, so okay. I'm I'm the fun aunt that goes back every yeah. two years to hang out with the kids um but I've seen that lifestyle and I know how hard they work to make an incredible life for their families mm. and you know I'm so grateful that I can just look on it from an outsider perspective and go I'm not ready to to give that up for myself yet I will be you know, but I think they, they all had kids later as well. I think they had kids at like 34, 33 oh, or right, something. Okay. So I've got about a few years. I'm like yeah. 35 is probably That's my happy I, place. I say, I say 35. <laughs> That's exactly what I say. Um, so I've got six, well, five years, six, five years. Um, What would you say to the, because you've obviously, I noticed in your, I always like to have a little bit of a nosy of what people have been up to. And you've actually kind of put in your bio now as well about, women in their 30s so is that kind of your niche now in terms yes. of yes. okay why so, two questions why did you make that decision yeah and second what is the biggest I don't want to say problem yeah like challenge that pe- that, that those women come to you with oh I mean sorry what was the first question again why did why? I choose it yeah so new new I mean I'm 30 this year but mm. I think it's because I am sick of women just feeling crap about it. When I yeah. think that there's so much life to live, there is so much life to live. And, you know, I have clients that are even in their 40s who are like, it gets so much worse at 40. The pressure at 40 is even really? so much worse than, than 30. And I'm like, do you know what? Every year, I feel like I get better. Like I get stronger. <laughs> I get fitter, you know? <laughs> why is it going down no I mean a wrinkle or two fine we'll try and iron it out we'll deal with it but it just shows that you've lived a good life you know you've got smile lines and yeah things and it just shows that this is for me always smiling you know what I mean it's not the worst thing in the world to have a wrinkle um but yeah I just think that we need to empower each other so much more because you can transform your life in 30 from 30 to 40 I want to help 10 years that's it's 10 years like I want to help you 
to be better in your 40s than you in your 30s because I know that I'm better in my 20 in my 30s than I was in my 20s so that is my mission for myself and just for others like I'm like we can we can be better we can be stronger we can be our best selves we can be our most beautiful you know let's change the idea of this like 18 year old being the the ideal feminine yeah it's like no that is so ridiculous (laughs) we have such gorgeous women uh that we we've seen that they as they age and it's like we need to celebrate more of that and have it be the norm because I hate to tell everyone you're gonna age as much as (laughs) you may not want to it's It's a natural phenomenon so we just have to get (laughs) get used to it we have to understand that aging is normal so let's celebrate it as we go instead of tearing it down and so I want to be that voice that celebrates it as we age and be like yes I'm better this year than last year you know when I'm 60 I'm gonna be like yes I'm better this year than last year it doesn't matter so that that's how the whole kind of niche came on to it um and then question number two was what is the biggest challenge I think it's just it, it, I think it is that self-doubt or that feeling of just not feeling good enough. And I think they is try this, in hand. Sorry, is this, is most your clients like 20s going on 30 or in already in their it's 30s? Really, it's really a mix. So it's like, right, okay. yeah, some in their 20s, most in their 30s, and then right. a few in their 40s um, okay. at the moment anyways. But, you know, it changes. And I've had people that are, Older than that, I've had people that are, well, I'd say the youngest was probably 22, but still that's quite young, mm. you know? And, <laughs> but I think start them young because <laughs> I, <laughs> we just, we have to, uh, the, the earlier you start, the better yeah. you're going to look, the better you're going to feel. And to me, the two go hand in hand. Whereas we all want to look good when we're 40. Like, I don't want to lie about that. I think there we all are like, yes, I want to still look good when I'm 40. But I think if you feel good, you're automatically going to look good. Oh, so again, it's like 100%. those habits. What can we do food wise? And what can we do skincare wise? And what can we do everything to just make sure that every action you do now is going to affect you? And I, I have to give a shout out to Cosmo because I used to love Cosmo as a kid. But Cosmo is the reason that I started using anti-aging skincare at 20 because I was like I need to make sure that right it's working right I need to make sure that I'm just like taking care of my skin and I'm grateful for that because I've done a lot of time in the sun and you know it looks pretty good I'm happy with it for the most part so so would you say the biggest is self-doubt would you say self-doubt or just that negative self-belief because I think that there's just so much people just don't feel good enough people don't feel good enough that they they don't feel like they are where they should be they go oh I'm 33 and I don't have a partner I'm 33 and I don't have my dream job you know I say woe is me you can find it there's still time you're not dead (laughs) yet come on let's (laughs) like so what 33 is still so young it's so young there's so much life to live and you can make a change like that I've coached people that are in their 70s, you know, making a change. So it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always make a change. And so it's just helping people to realize that fact that if you're not happy, there's still time. And if you're not where you want to be, how do we help you get there without feeling guilt about it? Because if you're not Mm -hmm. in your dream job, guess what? 
a lot of people in their 60s are in their dream job. If you don't have a partner, guess what? Like partners come and go. You have people that got married in their 20s that are now divorced at 30. Like it doesn't mean anything. So it's just how can we help you get the life that you want? And I think it's a really key thing that you said earlier is you were speaking to someone who they feel bad about it, but they don't even want it. Yeah. You don't want the kids. It's like, good. You don't need them right now. If you want (laughs) them later, have them later. If you don't ever want them you know, you don't ever have to have them. There's nothing in the rule book that says you must do this to, you know, get through life. And it's life normal, or- isn't it? Like humans have this thing where if they see someone with something, it's it's like natural human behavior that they think that they should want it because someone else wants it. But then you, it's about knowing that always checking in with yourself and going, okay, what what is it yeah. that I actually want? Like, do am I just kind of seeing all those shiny things, seeing everything what everyone else is doing? Is it actually what I want? I think that's so important. I love what you said about time. Like, there is still time for anyone who's like, so a lot of my kind of space, I'd say is late 20s, like going into 30s, like kind of similar to me. Um, and just so many people are just, Anytime we like we mention it's like or like you even see it on Facebook, don't you? Like, oh, all the nineties kids are turning thirty. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Let's celebrate it. Like it's not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, we need to be the ones to change that narrative. Yeah. So we need to be the ones that are excited about it. We need to be the ones where, you know, people hate celebrating birthdays as they get older. Celebrate that birthday mm. because that's a really exciting thing. Like it should be exciting that you've now lived all of this life and have all of these memories and have done all of these experiences. It shouldn't be something that is a bad thing. And if you Mm. have done the same thing for 10 years and you're not happy about it, then that's where you make the change. Then you go, okay, I can't have the next 10 years of my life be like this. I'm going to make that change now. Unreal. Travel. Wanted to touch on travel before we finish because I'm literally... So I'm saving at the moment and I'm actually going to be working and traveling as well like we're going to Japan South America and then Europe and then probably Dubai and god knows where else my 30th next year I seen a post the other day that you said as you get older you start to feel more fear and you don't normally feel fear around traveling but this time you were nervous I want you to just like explain that a little bit. And also this is me just personally asking a question for my own selfish needs. Did you experience any self-doubt around like actually, oh, one second, my Siri's going to stop talking a minute. Oops, apologize. Um, Did you feel any self-doubt about working and traveling, like picking up and doing coaching calls on the move and like little things like wi-fi and time zones and do you know what i mean like it's that it's that little tiny voice of am i actually going to be able to to do this you know yeah definitely and yes i mean all of those things are so so normal especially the (laughs) wi-fi issue you know it can be really (laughs) really stressful um but it's all things that you just problem solve you know Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, if you mess up a time, it's okay. And to be fair, like I messed up a couple times, time zone issues, and it was fine. We survived. We moved the meeting, or you know, it, it's not the end of the world. Wi-Fi 
what I ended up doing is just wherever I was, I would buy a good SIM card. So yeah, my SIM card has a lot of gigabytes because that way, if you do just need to hotspot, that is your your saving grace. Because there were mm-hmm. times where I was like, I have a call. It's <laughs> all picking and you're just, it's just so, you just hotspot. It, it's it's fine. And I mean, Wi-Fi is, Wi-Fi in time zones are probably the, the scariest things and yeah. all it is. What about business growth? Like knowing that you still want to travel and enjoy the moment and know that you've got this aspect of your life that you want to put your time and energy into grow. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, it depends. It's just, it's just, you have to be the one to figure it out. So when I moved to Bali, it worked out really well that actually most people in the day in my time zone weren't awake so just because I had clients in you know Canada and the UK mostly it meant that my evenings and mornings in Bali were the best time for client calls so it actually just worked out that I would just either get up really early and work late and have my days to go and explore and and live and travel and that worked well for that time zone and you just have to figure out what works best for you where you're at and you know the best thing about creating this business for yourself is that you can be flexible. So obviously client calls are one thing that you can't change, but other than that, you can be quite flexible yeah. with your work. So if you need to work a really long day on a Monday, so that Tuesday, Wednesday, you can have off and do something fun, do that, right? You create your schedule and living your life and enjoying it is equally as important as growing and expanding and you can do both but you need to do, I mean you need to make sure that you monitor it because there were days that I was tired you know at the end of I did like a month straight and then I was a bit more settled for a month after that and then I would break it up but those times where you are traveling it is a lot because mm. you're working you're getting up you're working till you know 1 a.m 2 a.m yeah. sometimes up and then you're exploring but then you're having a beach day and you lay on the beach and you can relax. So it's just about making sure that you <laughs> can arrange your schedule accordingly. But if you want to make it work, you can make it work. And it's yeah. so much like it's such a fun lifestyle to live. I I can't even I don't like staying stuck. You know, I don't like staying in one spot. It just gets boring and it gets unmotivating. Yeah. I feel like when you're actually moving around, you're so much motivated by content and what to write. And you're inspired by this, and yeah, you're inspired by 100%. that, inspired by this random person you met on the street, whatever it is. So it just actually, I think, fuels you and energizes you more to do what you love. Why do you think you're, why do you think you got nervous the other day when traveling there? Why do you think you're more fearful as you grow older? I think because I had stayed still for quite a while. So like okay. I said, I had lived in London for three years and then I was looking to explore again but I think it's just something natural like as a kid I remember just being so fearless my mom always loved to tell the story where I was three years old and I went to this really high diving board and just jumped off and like it scared the shit out of her but I was just like yeah let's do it again I was the same thinking about it like on holidays and stuff my mom used to be like no you're not doing that and I used to just be like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like we're so fearless and then all the fear that we end up uh, end up having is taught from us from mm-hmm. our parents from again society um but you know and my mom is that mom that I'll have so many emails that are like 
you're traveling here, it's dangerous, watch out, you know, there's this <laughs> happening here. Don't use sunscreen, sunscreen now gives you cancer, but make sure you protect yourself so you don't get cancer. It's like, you know, so I think through just certain things, you're just, as much as I try to not let it affect me, I do think that obviously certain things do and you see the news and there was, you know, something that happened on the news and there was a raping and there was this Mm. and there was that. So it's just like, as you then become a female traveler, especially, I think you start to get nervous about, oh, well, what if something does happen? Yeah. Because you just have more life experience where now you're hearing all of these bad things that have happened all over the world. And you're like, oh my gosh, like what if that does happen to me? But you just can't let it, you can't let it stop you from living your life. And that's the Mm. biggest thing is there are bad things that happen what is most likely to happen in my travel experiences always I just get the best people you know if I'm in a bad situation people are there to help and look after me you know I've gotten some things stolen some bad things have obviously happened but nothing near as bad as any of those worst case scenarios that you think of and for the most part everyone is so kind everyone is so ready to help and you know even if I'm like this like looking at my phone and just (laughs) even a little bit lost I swear to god people just come and they're like are you okay like do you need help getting somewhere there's a people are good people the majority of the world is filled with good people as much as the news and everything else doesn't want you to to believe it but I just think when you're young and maybe it's again a time factor I don't know you feel like you have all the time in the world to do things And when you get older, it's like, oh, do I have time to do this? Do I have time to still go on these crazy adventures? Is this what I should be doing again? Is this what I should? (laughs) Because nobody else is doing it. Everyone else is stuck in their jobs. But then when I go back and talk to people in their jobs, everyone is miserable in their jobs. And it's like, okay, that's not the right way to do it. So I'm going to try it this way. Actually, I really enjoy this way. And as soon as I got on that trip and, you know, did it again, now my travel bug is back. I'm like, I was going to say, have you got anything planned? Well, so Bali back in October. Yeah. And then I've got a few, nothing's set in stone yet for 2024, but I'll be in Australia actually in March and would love to be back. (laughs) What date? What date in March? Oh, I'm back for a wedding. It's either March 19th or the 22nd. Oh my God, I fly on the 18th. I leave on the 18th. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, I, I could be back earlier because that's when the wedding is. So I'll have to get right. back, you know, a day or two before that. But um, yeah. Is it in Sydney? Where is it? Oh no, it's in uh, Sunshine Coast. Oh, oh, well, I'll be in Bali or something so we can be up but But, well who knows maybe I'll I'll have to come out a week before and just hang out in Sydney for a week and then yeah go (laughs) that'd be so fun are you excited to come back to Australia so it's been a while hasn't it since you've been here yeah so I was there last year actually which was really nice but I just love it I love Australia the only thing is this is the one thing I will say that's now getting annoying as I get older is jet lag is real When I was younger, like all of these people are making it up. Like jet lag is not a thing. I could fly here and there and stay out all night and be absolutely fine. Now you're done for three days. Like, yeah. And you've got when you do that trip, you've got to make sure you're here for like a good amount of time because by the time you get over the jet lag, it's like fucking go back home now. And that's exactly it. But if you do it in stages, like it sounds like your trip is going to be done in stages, which is really nice. And yeah. you'll have, you'll be able to adapt a little bit, which will oh, be Oh yeah, cool. 100%. Yeah. You're going to love it. You're going to love I it. Can't it's wait. so worth it. 
and it's just the best way even now I've been in London for two and a half months no mm. one and a half months <laughs> one and a half months and I'm like right let's go let's go so we may go to Poland for a bit uh oh, nice. but yeah mm. I just love it and it's not as scary as you think it is I mean I think as we get older just all those fear things start to kick in but it yeah is, it is not like that as soon as you leave it's just like all right why was I so scared about that this is exactly you know it's like riding a bike I think it's gonna feel weird like I was saying even to Aaron my partner like sitting in the airport and be like oh my god we're actually doing it like it's been like over a year since we was like right this year's about getting our heads down and build it like obviously building what we want to build because he's got his own stuff so he's got a bit of income as we go and it's just gonna be when we're sat in the airport we're just gonna be like oh my god it's actually happening how long are you guys going for We've said six months at least, but if we said if we go somewhere and we love it, we'll just stay there for a bit. Yeah. You know, we've got our and residency that's the best in now, so yeah, that is the best way to do it. Go in, you know, open a loosely defined whatever. plan, and yeah, just, exactly. A few it. flights booked to them. Yeah. and things never go to plan I always say people spend way too much time planning because mm. things are not going to go to plan you know yeah. especially if you're, if you're traveling you just got to be open to the possibility that you're gonna change the plan pretty quickly <laughs> yeah exactly because you I, I remember even when I went to Asia it's like you go somewhere you absolutely love it so you end up staying there a lot longer you go and you meet people and they're like oh you need to try this place so yeah there's just I think in South America anyway, we're we're gonna be like bussing a lot of it rather than flying. So it would be a lot easier to change our plans if we want to anyway. But yeah. oh my god, I've loved this conversation. It's been amazing. It's Love been it. so good, Courtney. I'm so glad we got to catch up like this. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries. So we end the po- podcast with three questions, right? Okay, I'm We've ready. Got like a little closing thing. So it we have a rose, a bud, and a thorn. A rose is something that you, something in life that you're really, really happy with at the moment. Really happy with. Your bud is something that you're currently working on. Mm-hmm. And your thorn is something that screams proudly imperfect, screams hot mess, something that's just a bit in the air at the minute and you're going to get around to it. But right now it's just a bit of a shit show. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Which one do I start with? The bud. Yeah, let's no, let's start with the rose first. The rose, sorry, the rose. So something that's going really well, I would say are my I say my connections at the moment. Like I'm just I'm back in London. It's been so nice getting caught up with everyone. Mm. I feel like I'm on a really good path with my business. And I feel like things are actually flowing at the moment really, really well. Or was that the bud? I can't remember now. Which, no, no, what's the bud mean again? The the rose is the something that's going really, really well. Yeah. So. Okay, well, we'll say connections. We'll leave it at connections. And okay. Then. <laughs> and then your bud is something that you're currently working on. That would be the business. That would okay. be the business. So I feel like it's going really well, but there's actually, it's budding, it's brewing. I'm on the nice. brink of something really big. So yeah, everyone who's listening, you can watch this space because there's gonna be some fun things coming in the way of uh some group work and some retreats and things like that so yeah I'm really excited 
Oh my god, honestly, have you run a retreat before? Or will this be your first? I one? haven't. No, oh but I've been dying. It's the best feeling in the world. Have you done honestly. one? Uh, yeah, in June, it was it was honestly incredible. Oh, see, we're gonna have to talk about that <laughs> outside <laughs> this conversation. But yeah, yeah, we will. Honestly, it was like. And it actually made me realize that I think in the future, that's what I'm going to be concentrating on because I did ev- I did events at uni yeah. and oh, it was just, it was like t- my two passions were just like come together and exploded. It was amazing. Like, oh, I'll tell you about it after this call. Oh, so, I can't wait. Dive in. <laughs> and your thorn then, something that just screams hot mess. So my thorn at the moment, I think, is just, it's deciding next steps with where I want to be. So I am just, yeah, figuring out the situation. Basically, I can, at the moment, I can be in the UK for six months within a year um, period. I want to go back to Bali. Obviously, I've got the wedding in Australia. Mm. Uh, my partner is based in London and he has a physio job. So he's a bit stuck. So it's just right. figuring out, I think, that next chapter of, yeah. okay, where am I? If I can only be here for six months, then where are you? And what does that look like? So it's probably maybe that like, yeah, relationship, living, yeah. what country am I going to be in type thing. But... I mean, it's a good problem to have, I suppose. Like all these options of where you can be and yeah yeah but it, yeah just thinking how do we how does that look like and but, maybe yeah. long distance and all of these other things which are just yeah. like oh so that will be the thing that I'm figuring out at the moment well good luck with that first of all because I know it is stressful like even and I've got a lot of friends out here who are in relationships and visas and it's just it is it can be like a lot so I get it. It's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. Just thinking, yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. about trusting it's, though, isn't it? Trusting that everything, like, no matter what happens, it's gonna whatever's meant to be will be, kind of thing. Oh, definitely. And I truly believe that. I truly do believe that. And it's just conversations. I think both my partner and I are like ignoring the serious conversation. Yeah just don't know what it's going to bring but yeah we'll have to face it eventually and really figure (laughs) out okay what what does this next next chapter look like does it look like us here does it look like us somewhere else does it look like Mm. us apart does it you know who knows well honestly I have absolutely loved this conversation thank you so much for coming on tell everyone where they can find you how they can work with you what you've got coming up all of that where can they find you Beautiful. Yeah. So anyone listening, you can probably my most famous one, my most famous, my most <laughs> famous one for me that I use <laughs> is Instagram, <laughs> the one that I like the most. Uh, so that's Bonnie.boida. And then obviously on Facebook it just Bonnie Boida. Um I just basically direct everything through my Instagram though. So you can find links and everything for booking just in there. And um, yeah, I can't reveal too much of some of the future stuff that is happening, but it's going to be very exciting. And if you are interested or if you're in your 30s or turning 30 or anything like that, and you just want to feel better about yourself and want to really make sure that your 40s are the (laughs) best years yet, then you got to start now. And so that's going to be a lot of the stuff that I'm putting out out now, which is going to be really exciting. 
exciting i'm looking forward to hearing it all about it honestly thank you so much for coming on it's been amazing thank you courtney it's thanks been for so listening, great. guys